Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Now today I'm answering the question, should I cut ties with bad friends? It's a continuation of our message series, Asking for a Friend. And... uh, You know, this is a good question to ask when, uh, you know, you have bad friends. It's not a good question to be asked when you are the bad friend. But we're going to work through this and um, I'm going to share with you three uh, different stories in the scriptures that will help illustrate how this shakes out. And then hopefully you'll grab a hold of the principle here. We'll walk this thing out today. Let me say right off the bat that when it comes to choosing friends, use wisdom. When it comes to choosing friends, use wisdom. In fact, say that with me all over this house. When it comes to choosing friends, use wisdom. Proverbs chapter 13, verse uh, 20. The scripture says this, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And, And that's just why moms and dads in their best function are careful about the kids that their kids hang out with. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Now, I would would tell you today that you may just be one addition or one subtraction of a friend away from a completely changed destiny today. A lot of times we think, what can I add to my life that'll help me be better? But it's not always a to-do list that's gonna make you better. A lot of times it's a to-stop-doing list, a to-stop-hanging-out-with list. There's some things that you may just need to lighten, Uh, a load that you might need to lighten in your life. There's some things, some places, some people, some expenditures, some thought patterns that you need to delete from your life to be able to take your next step forward in life. And so here's what I want to do. I want to talk about three kinds of friends um, that you have uh, in life. First of all, a friend that brings you down. A friend that brings you down. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 12. We're going to look a little bit about what happens right after uh, the the passing of King Solomon. Of course, King Solomon was wise and he was strong and he did so much. He built the temple, the things that David wanted to do, and Israel was just really at a peak under Solomon. Now, you know that David and Solomon, while incredible, they were not perfect. You know that, right? David had struggles. David had some misjudgments, David sinned, David covered up his sin, Nathan the prophet tells a story, he says, thou art the man, Uh, David, the most incredible thing about David is not that he was perfect, which he wasn't, the most incredible thing about David was when he was confronted with the truth about himself, he leaned into God and he said, forget my crown, forget my family, I want to be right with, with God. David has this dream for the temple. He passes it on to Solomon. Solomon builds this beautiful temple. 
And it was an incredible time. But you'll see right here at the end of 1 Kings chapter 11, you'll see that David actually placed a very heavy weight on Israel. And his son Rehoboam steps in to be king after he passes. Now, the new king steps in, and anytime there's a transition, then you have like a reorganizing of what people think and what they do. Uh, I really love for you in your own time to read 1 Kings chapter 12, maybe the first 25, 26 verses, 28 verses. It'll give you a good story there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you everything, but basically what happens, Rehoboam steps in to be king. And the people... Jeroboam and the people that are connected with Jeroboam, they go to King Rehoboam and they say, listen, your father was a heavy taskmaster and he had substantial loads of work that he placed on the people and had very high taxes. So what we're asking that you would do is you would lower the labor burden and you would lower the taxes and, the, and I'm sure the taxes were to build the temple and to build all of the different things, the, just this ascendant kind of empire that was taking place there under Solomon. But if you would lower these things, the people forever would be your loyal subjects. And so King Rehoboam says, you know what, let me think about this for three days. And so he begins a process of seeking counsel from his friends. This is where we're going to pick up here in 1 Kings chapter 12 and look at verse 6. The Bible says, then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men. Say that with me, the older men. Now, let me tell you, there, there are some older men that you don't want their counsel. And he's going to talk to some younger men here as well. And there's some younger men that you want their counsel. But what is being communicated here is that there were older trusted counselors of Rehoboam's father, Solomon, who were tuned in to the kingdom, tuned in to what the people needed. Their hearts were seasoned, their minds were seasoned, and Rehoboam sought them out, okay? So he discusses the matter with the older men. Let me just say really quickly, this isn't one of the three that I, three kinds of friends that I've been talking about, but young men and young women, let me tell you, you need to find some older men and older women that have overcome, that are overcoming, that God's working in their life and you get really good and close to them because they will be a blessing to your life. One of, one of my least favorite things about the church is where we have separated ourselves off generationally from one another. And let me tell you, there is a big blessing from older men and older women being with younger men and younger women and vice versa. It helps all of us. Don't you know that? I'll tell you what, I, one, th one of the things that I love about Pathway Church is that we have some fathers and mothers in the church that loves the sons and daughters of the church. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. Some of the favorite stars of Pathway Young Adult are David, Dave and Deborah Sammons. They show up and they're like superheroes in there. Young men, young women, get up close to some people that have been with God. They're not perfect, but they have lived through some things. They have seen the hand of God. They know what the hand of God looks like. They have the fact that they're still standing and the fact that they're still loving Jesus and the fact that they're still married and the fact that they're still blessing others is good evidence that God has been up to something in their lives. So Rehoboam steps into 
um, a conversation with the old men who had counseled his father, Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, if you're willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. If you will care for your people, your people will care for you. This is actually New Testament uh, leadership here, servant leadership. It's a kind of leadership that Jesus showed. Jesus and, and, and Paul also tells us that uh, we shouldn't lord authority over people, but in fact, we should serve. Jesus shows this, the creator of everything. He was there at the very beginning, and when Jesus came, he came and wrapped a towel around his waist and knelt down and washed the feet of his disciples. If you want to be a good small group leader, you serve your small group. If you, if you want to be a good boss in your work, then you serve your employees. You care for your employees. I'm not talking about assisting your employees. Your employees are there to assist you in doing a job. But I'm talking about if you will take interest in your people and help your people to be the best that they can be, your people will help you and your church or you and your work, you and your business to be the best that it can be. Solomon, Solomon's counselor said, you take care of your people. They will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the younger men, the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. You should tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. He's saying, you keep bringing that stuff in here, I'm just gonna keep turning up the temperature. The next several verses show us what Rehoboam does in executing on this advice. And I think around verse 14, the Bible says that he speaks harshly to the people. And the, when the people heard this, their hope was taken away, their dignity was taken away, their future was taken away. They were hoping for some relief, even though they loved Solomon, they honored Solomon, but they were looking to turn the corner into a new season. And what Rehoboam did is Rehoboam said, there will be no season. In fact, the beatings will continue until the morale improves. And here's what the people say in verse 16. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. He said, we're, the people said, fellas, we're on our own. Rehoboam lost the hearts of the people and he lost, because of that, he lost the hands of his people. And the nation 
this great kingdom that God had ordered entered into a very fractious, very difficult season and time. Let me tell you today, the wrong friends can bring you down along with the destiny and potential of your life, your work, and your ministry. That's the first kind of friend that you have, a friend that can bring you down. I know you have friends like that, and I know at times you have been to a friend like that. I'm not telling you to hate on those friends. I'm just telling you to recognize the role and the place that they have in, their li- in your life. Number two, the second kind of friend that you have is a friend that you bring up. A friend that you bring up. Run with me over to Acts chapter 15. And we're going to look here, verse 8. And the friend that brought us down was Rehoboam's young counselors. But the friend that you bring up is in Paul's life. His name is John Mark. And I love this story because this is, this is a real story. You know, some of the stories that we like are the stories where they live happily ever after. Everything is absolutely perfect. But this is real talk here. This is, this is real life. This is stuff that you say, hey, I can, I can sympathize with that. I, I can relate to that. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. So this is Paul talking about yet another missionary journey to go back and revisit the churches that he had started, which Paul started churches all over the world in major coastal cities. So he'd take a boat and wherever the boat would land, he'd step off in Philippi. He, you know, he met some folks, he met... He met Lydia in Ephesus. He met some folks. You see this is Athens. You see him, him meeting some folks. They're going to go back and visit. So this is going to be a really great time. This is like the second time your favorite band comes around to town. And people are going to come out and hear these preachers that had grabbed their heart with the truth of who the Messiah was, the Messiah that they had been looking for. Barnabas agreed that he want, He agreed. He agreed. He said, let's go on the trip. This is a great idea. Let's go on the trip. Barnabas agreed to go on the trip and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly. He disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia. Let me tell you, it's no fun when you're the quarterback and your left guard does not protect your blind side. You drop back for a pass and the guy that was supposed to be there at Pamphylia when the heat got turned up, he headed out. And so Paul said, you know, I've done that. I've run this play before. I really would like to get somebody else protecting my blind side. Their disagreement, talking about Paul and Barnabas, their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and we know how that worked. Paul and Silas getting thrown in prison and singing, the chains falling off. I mean, it was going into some incredible ministry time. But the truth is, Barnabas and John Mark had great ministry time as well. This is the interesting thing here. Not only did Paul separate from John Mark, but Barnabas was so ticked off about it that he separated from Paul too. 
Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Now, one thing that's really interesting here to me is if you aren't careful, you just see the separation, you'll say, hey, something bad happened here. But can I just be honest with you just for a second? Can I just talk real with you for just a second? Airport campus, can I talk? Come on, Moffat campus, is it okay if we just talk? Sometimes some of the people that love Jesus, just like I love Jesus, we don't get along really good. And that doesn't make them evil or me evil or you evil and your folks like that evil. Sometimes you just, your chemistry just isn't working. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe, maybe Paul was an early riser and John Mark hadn't seen two six o'clocks in the same day ever before. And maybe he just didn't want to show up when, when, when Paul was getting out and, and hustling. I, I don't know. I, but when I read it, when I read it, it doesn't seem to me like there was a necessarily a sin issue there. It might've been a leadership maturity issue. That's another thing. There are people in the church that are spiritually mature, but are not mature as leaders. And there are people in the church that are mature as leaders, but they're not spiritually mature. It may have just been a part of the trajectory in John Mark's life that he wasn't in the same zone that Paul was in and Paul didn't want to slow down enough to match pace with John Mark because of the urgency of the ministry. There is nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of times we over-spiritualize conflict that happens in the church. You know what? Sometimes you're just Paul and, and somebody else is John Mark. Or sometimes you're John Mark and somebody else is Paul. But what I see here is I see John Mark and Paul separating and I see Paul and uh, Barnabas separating here. Sometimes the separation is permanent. And sometimes the separation is just for a season. You know, you may have some friends that are like that right now. You say, you know what, I just need a break. I, you, you may not say that out loud. You may. You may say, listen, I, it's just too much drama. I, I love you. I love you. But I cannot, I have to put your Facebook on mute. It's just too much drama. And let me just tell you that little secret. You know, if, if somebody's bothering you on your Facebook, you don't, you don't have to unfriend them. You can just hit the mute button. They will never know. They will never know. That's free today, okay? I'm just, I'm just giving you that. I'm just giving you that, you know. It, it bumps it up just a little bit, you know, but it doesn't bump it up too much. I, I can't handle it, you know. Hey, baby, every time we get around each other, there's always something wrong going on in your life. You're like Eeyore, walking around. Everywhere you go, your tail is falling off. And I just really cannot handle it. Anybody have anybody like that in your life? You know, Debbie Downer, you know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you got a Karen in your life, you know, you love them, but it's just like, can you please leave the retail people alone? The price fell off the dress. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. It's, It's not bad people, but you know what? We're learning in life. Have you noticed that? We are learning in life. We're working at it. To everybody, whether you're John Mark or you're Paul or you're Barnabas, keep growing in God's grace. Keep getting better at what you do. You know what? I want to be a better friend so that more people can attach themselves to me. And you know what? I also want to have the strength to know that sometimes I got to narrow my focus. Let me just tell you really quickly. You may have some friends in your life that are weighing you down. If you want to increase your impact, you may just have to narrow your focus. 
There, there may be some sandbags you have to let off of your hot air balloon if you want to rise. It, it doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means you're going somewhere right now. Don't be, don't be nasty. Don't be mean. But understand that it may just be a part of the process that you're in for you to move forward and also for them to move forward. So why don't you jump with me over here to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to see the conclusion of this story uh, with Paul and John Mark. It's actually a really beautiful story of reconciliation and, and redemption here. Second Timothy chapter four, verse 10. Now, there's another separation that happens in the lead up. I just actually just moved one verse closer. Paul says, Demas has deserted me. Now, John Mark deserted Demas, but the reason, or John Mark had deser- deserted Paul, but the reason... Uh, Demas deserted Paul was because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. He has turned his back on Jesus and he's following carnal things. So Paul wasn't saying here that this was just a leadership issue. This was just a maturity issue. This was a chemistry issue. He was saying, no, he has turned his back on the calling of God for his life. Demas has forsaken me. He's deserted me. Cretans has gone to Galatia, going to do ministry. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. And then I love this part. Bring John Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. And I just feel the presence of the Lord as I read that today. Because there are some people who have been carved away from your life that were not intended to be carved away permanently. And God is at work and there is a restoration that is working there. The separation doesn't have to be permanent. Here's what I say. There's some bridges that are intended not to be burnt. There are some boats that are intended not to be sunk. Hey, your children may have made some decisions and have separated themselves from you, but keep the light on, daddy. Keep the door open, mama. You don't have to agree with what they've done. You don't have to affirm what they've done, but you love them and you care for them and you serve them and you pray for them. Hit your knees, don't stop. Lift up those prayers because God can, if God can bring John Mark around, he can bring your son or daughter around. Amen. Do you believe that today? Can we just honor the Lord for that today? So Paul cut Demas loose, but he only took a break from John Mark. God did some really good things. Paul and John, that's a relationship about a friend that you bring up. I I think that's the case. Everybody needs somebody giving them a hand up and somebody that they're giving a hand up. If God is teaching you something, you ought to be teaching someone else something, passing this thing along. Listen, Pathway Church, the 71, 72 years of ministry that we have had has been a ministry of continuation, a ministry of uh, teaching, a ministry of mentoring, of discipling, and don't stop. Don't stop. Keep looking to one another. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Stoke the fire. Let let God breathe on it. Let God do his work because pathway, 
he is not finished with his story in us. So we have a friend that we bring up. And then lastly, we have a, a friend you make better or a friend who makes you better. We're going to look over here in 2 Timothy to uh, Timothy and, and Paul. This is actually one of my favorite kind of reflections on somebody's life that's in the scripture. Paul is writing to Timothy. In verse 3, he says, Timothy, I thank God for you. By the way, we need more of this kind of talk in the church. I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we're together again. I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. This is awesome. Because this passage, what we see here is we see Paul, a spiritual father, talking to Timothy, his spiritual son, saying, man of God, you are strong in the Lord. And God has a destiny and a legacy that he's placed in your life. And you're going to do incredible things. But at the same time, while he's building them up, he's saying, don't stop. Continue to grow in God. Continue to fan into flame that spiritual gift that God has placed in you. I want to say the same thing to you. God has done good things, exceedingly good things. But grow in grace grace and grow in wisdom. And it takes that. It takes those relationships that make us better to get us to where we need to go. Sometimes we need encouragement to make it another day. But we also need to be prodded, to be pushed. You know, buy a tree, change a life kind of happened. Well, before it happened, the idea for trying to make it happen happened for me, while I was in Cambodia, a friend of mine, his name is Mike. We were at breakfast. I wasn't eating breakfast with him. We weren't that close friends at the time, but I was sitting there. He got up and as he walked by me, he patted me on the back. He said, Pastor Travis, you got to step up your game because I'm getting old. I'm not going to be able to do this the rest of my life. He was saying, son, I'm so glad you're here. I'm, I'm loving watching what God is doing in your life, but come on, you can do more. Pathway Church, you can do more. We can do more. God is not finished with Mobile or your family or our neighbors. I know that God has been good and faithful to you, but he is not finished with you. So stir up the gift that God has placed in your life. Now, this is a, a really cool thing because we see that Timothy loved Paul and Paul loved Timothy and he had such great hopes for um, for Paul's life or for Timothy's life. And even right there in that moment, it was, a, it was a really special thing. But he was saying, I see something in you that's different. You're, you're not like everybody. You're usual, unusual, you're unique. You're crafted, you're, you have a, a special design and God wants to use you in a special way. You need to look 
up beyond what you see or what you know. But, but Uncle Paul, but Uncle Paul, I don't know how to do what you're asking me to do. That's okay, son. You don't know how to do it. Then you do it. Then you know how to do it. Come on, you can make this thing. Just, just try. Well, I don't like the, I don't want to be around those people. They, what if they don't like me? Don't worry about it. They get up and they put their pants on the same way that you did. And God has called you. And if they reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. So you go be faithful. You go stiffen your knees. You lock your spine. And you stand there in the city square. And you declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. But pastor, you don't understand. My father and mother were divorced. They, 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 they've gone through so many challenges. Our whole family has lived in poverty. We, we come from abuse. We, this is just how I am. No, I see something in you. The Lord sees something in you. You rise up and be the man and woman of God that he's called you to be. Don't be afraid. Everybody needs that man or that woman in their life. You know, in a culture at a time where no one, everybody's tiptoeing around, nobody wants to hit one another direct. There's all this passive aggressive stuff. You need a father that will look into your heart and your soul and will say, you are better than this, son. I, I love you, but that's not how we roll. The craziest words I ever he heard from my father was in when he would look at me and he would say, son, you're a Johnson. You better act like that. You better act like it. We need that flow in the church again. That we would be holy again. That the word of God in this book would manifest itself in our lives and that we would reflect the character and the nature of Jesus Christ. Paul did this for Timothy. I want to take you to the book of Psalms and I want to read the very first Psalm and I want to charge you with this. But I want you to know today that as we do, your friendships shape destinies. Who you are around shapes you. And when you're around people, you shape them. I want you to hear this word today. I want to read this out of my great-grandfather's Bible. And in the King James, it, it sounds so beautiful to me. It's so powerful to me. The psalmist says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But, in, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so. They are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Today, as we 
look at our lives and we look at our, what the Holy Spirit is saying to each one of us today. I wouldn't ask you to cut ties with your bad friends, but I would ask you that you put your good and bad friends into the appropriate places. That we wouldn't receive counsel from the young foolish men, from the unrighteous friends that we have, but we would recognize that these are people that we're designed to lift up. And that we would value the older godly men who give us counsel and who lead and guide and care and strengthen the Pauls that speak into our lives. When we do this, we make a tremendous mistake if the way that we engage our ungodly friends, our non-Christian friends, is to receive spiritual counsel from them. I've known so many people in my life that have in the name of evangelizing their friends became evangelized by their friends from the gospel, only to be shipwrecked, only to lose faith, only to be caught in some kind of trap. God has called us to be the salt of the earth. He has called us to be light in darkness. God wants to use you to reach your friends and your circle of influence. But the key word is for you to reach them. What if they don't accept Jesus? Well, keep loving your friends. Keep loving them. Your love is not contingent on whether they accept Jesus. God has placed Christ in your life to extend to them. But let me tell you, you better love Jesus more than you love them. You, met, you, you better be more concerned about Christ than you're concerned with fitting in with them. Listen, it's very easy to synchronize or syncretize yourself with the world and being conformed to the world, you lose out with Jesus. It would be better for you to have no friends than to become uh, an enemy of Jesus. Should we cut ties with bad friends? No, we should bring Jesus to our bad friends. Seek counsel, seek care, seek uh, friendship, seek closeness with your godly brothers and sisters. And God, God will bring us into the congregation of the righteous that he talks about in Psalm chapter one. It's what I'm believing for today among us, that God will raise us up in strength today. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.